Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM. Welcome to the Big Red Bench and Cork's Red FM. I'm Valerie Wheeler with you and I'm here until 7pm. Busy show of sport continues across the country today, thank God. Former Irish rugby player Fiona Hayes joins us to chat all about Ireland's game earlier with Italy and of course preview this evening's big game as the ladies are in action to Italy in the Six Nations also. Cork Camogie manager Paddy Murray joins us to preview next weekend's game as Cork based Wexford at home. Corsi Rovers and Cork Camogie star Linda Collins have been county champions. I mean, back in the intercounty setup, more drama and upset this week as Cork Intermediate Camogie ladies are out of the championship. So Clean O'Callan of Newtown Chandram joins us to tell us how the disappointment of having no All Ireland series this year to the team has affected them. You can contact us on 0878104106. All that and more on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench with me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7 o'clock. I'm absolutely delighted to be here this week as times are so uncertain in the current situation in the country. Sport is continuing. It is amazing. And we're genuinely really happy to keep bringing you the latest action on the bench across the country in Cork. I mean, lockdown it probably is tough for a lot of people, but this time we have sport to get us through it and to take our minds off it and everything going on in the world. It's nice. So you can sit back and relax the next hour and enjoy it. And let's take a look at some of today's results across the country before we get into the show. In rugby, this year's Six Nation has gotten back underway today after almost eight months of being stalled due to the coronavirus. Ireland did host Italy at an MTV stadium and they got off to a winning start. It finished 50-17. Seven tries for Ireland and a bonus point victory. Their points difference is now plus 38. England's is plus 15. Uh, Debutant Hugo Keenan scoring two tries. I mean, if Ireland beat France with a bonus point next week, they are the champions. Irrespective of what happens between England and Italy and Rome. Otherwise, to win the championship, Ireland need to have a better scoring difference than England, who will most certainly defeat the Italians by a good score. But um, a comfortable win in the end. Will Connors on the score sheet, CJ Sander, Johnny Sexton, Bundy Akai and Dave Heffernan all across the line as well. Meanwhile, half six is the big one. The Ireland's women team face Italy at Energia Park. Um, kickoff is 6.30. We have Fiona Hayes. She's former rugby player. She's really excited to be joining us for the build-up of this game. We'll have a chat with her about the men's game as well. So we're very excited for this. In soccer, here at home, it's a huge, huge day for Cork City in their battle to avoid relegation. I mean, the Rebel Army are on the road to Sligo Rovers in their penultimate league game. Uh, City go into the game a point behind second from bottom Finn Harps who have games in hand and go to Bohemians this evening. That's a 7.30 kickoff. The game is underway since five and half time when I checked the score is 1-0 to Sligo Rovers. Um, Rory will be with us shortly for an update on that. He's keeping a close eye on that one but it doesn't look good for Cork City. In the Premier League today West Ham and Man City have played out a one-all draw in the lunchtime game. Those goals coming from Mikel Antonio and City's Phil Foden. Um, Fulham losing out to Crystal Palace earlier on today. It finished 2-1. Uh, Reedwald and Zaha hitting the net for Palace and a late goal from Carney in the 90 minute, but it wasn't enough. And Man United and Chelsea are underway since 5.30. Uh, the score is currently no score in the 30th minute. And the late kickoff is at 8pm. The Champions Liverpool take on Sheffield United. In Gaelic games, the All-Ireland Hurling Championship gets underway right now uh, with the Leinster quarterfinal meeting of Dublin and Leash. Dublin are really looking like young Dublin team out. I think the oldest is 27 on the team tonight. 
So they've quite a young team out. Um, it's just thrown in there at six o'clock. I mean, how exciting is it to say that the All Ireland Championship is underway? Did we ever think we would see the day? I don't think we did, to be honest, but it's absolutely great to see it. Um, as I mentioned earlier on, Cork City are in action. They're away to Sligo Rovers. I mean, a disastrous campaign for City, but Rory is keeping an eye on that one for us. Rory. Rory, how are things? How, how are sitting any on? Yeah, life, my, life, my kitchen table here, so you might hear a child or two screaming there in the background <laughs> in just a second. Uh, but look, if ever anything summed up 2020 was penalty, penalty for Cork City. Excitement, excitement, excitement. And then it's missed. Kid Elliott oh. slips as he's hitting it. The keeper saves it. And then a minute later, Junior goes up the other end of the pitch and scores and uh, makes it 1-0 to Sligo Rovers. It's just that kind of name as you hear my children just yeah. screaming in the background there. But, They're gutted as uh, well, Rory, by the sounds of it. Uh, a lot to do for City in the next 45 minutes. A uh, massive, massive 45 minutes. Probably one of the biggest 45 minutes in the club's history. Um, but nothing they've shown me in the first half shows me that they might be able to get back into it in the second half. They have to work a lot harder. I think they know that themselves. Uh, and fingers crossed they can do that in the second half. Uh, just about to kick off there. What does this mean if City do lose, Rory? It means that they are in a very, very bad position indeed. I mean, like, Finn Harps have games in hand. I know Finn Harps got to Bohemians this evening, tonight, so they're a point behind them. Um, heading into uh, today's game. So, look, they said we only have one game left. I think uh, Finn Harps would have four, uh, including uh, today's game against uh, Bohemians tonight. So, look, it's it'll be an absolutely disastrous result. They have to win here, basically, and get all three points to have any hope of avoiding relegation. Just a word in the first division as well. Not a result uh, that Cove Amherst fans would have wanted today. Galway United leaving it very, very late indeed. Carlton Ubezuono getting a very, very late goal for John Caulfield's side to give them all three points. So that puts them ahead of Cove Ramblers in the battle for the last playoff spot. They have a better goal difference than Ramblers. Uh, Ramblers, of course, in action against Shamrock Rovers on Tuesday in the last night of the season where Galway United uh, face UCD. So it's going to be an exciting night, but not a result that uh, Cove Ramblers would have wanted today, Valerie. Right, OK, we will check back in with Rory in just a little while to see how Cork City are getting on. But in the meantime, we did mention that Ireland had a great win earlier on um, against Italy, 50 points to 17. Fiona Hayes joins us now to chat about a big day for Irish rugby. I mean, we're so lucky to have a sport, I think. Fiona, welcome to the bench. How are you, Valerie? I'm excited to be here just after finishing watching that men's game there. Some uh, excitement levels are high. Yeah, no, 50-17 is what it finished. You know, a seventh-try performance from the men earlier on, which was great. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was it was what they needed, and it gives us a, a good shout out now going to France next week. So things are kind of looking good. I suppose they will be slightly disappointed with the the try left at the end. Um, probably not the best defensively, but look, you're going to happen. That's going to happen. It was 81 minutes into the game, and a lot of players were tired. And you know, from a performance level, after being out for so long, I I was pretty impressed with it. Yeah, and I know that like they got what they came here to do was get the bonus point. And I know that if they do something similar next week, you know that the trophy could be theirs. They could be within arm's reach of it. Yeah, well, that's it. And I suppose that it's it's just they're kind of looking at if they get a win in France, they're now twenty three points ahead a goal scoring wise or scoring wise. And then England at the minute on the table, so it's kind of they're reckoning that it might come down to maybe a scoring difference if we can't get that bonus point win in France and just get the win. So a lot of, a lot of people reckon that um, England will put a lot on it. But uh, hopefully, you know, the Italians came into their own in the second half and hopefully they'll be thrown as well when they're playing the next week. 
Fiona, it was great for the men to get the win earlier on, 50-17, as we said, but it is a massive evening for the Irish women. Yeah, yeah, exciting stuff. They've had a they've had a big break now, and I'm really, really excited to see what they're they're going to show us um, come this game against this week today. You know, things have been building nicely in camp and talking to the girls, and there's a, a couple of changes and a few new players due to get um, caps and stuff like that starting caps, especially. So I'm I'm really, really excited to see what they can bring because this Italian team I wouldn't know much about them. They're constantly kind of changing, but it's definitely looking on paper like Ireland should come out on top today. I mean, they have had a few weeks to prepare or is it enough for such a big game? I suppose everyone's dealing with these uh, kind of short uh, preparations at the minute and the women's team are, are no different. They're in a bubble um you know, up in camp and they're kind of, although they, a lot of the girls are working midweek, they're kind of tested when they get into camp and stuff like that. So I see it's, it's a bit of a stressful time for them at the minute. But you know what, it's Six Nations and when you get out on that pitch, you just have to throw everything in this for the jersey. And I know that they'll be well capable of doing it. They're just polishing up things since the start of the Six Nations. And they've had a lot of time to prepare, you know, mentally for this as well. They knew the break was coming with COVID and now they're back in it and I'm sure they're fully focused. As a former player, would something like this worry you if you're part of the panel that you'd such a long gap but no competitive games? Absolutely not. I think they're absolutely champing <laughs> at the bit to, to get out there. You know, it's been a long time. We would have had um, a couple of club rugby games, but uh, a lot of the players weren't allowed to be involved as they were up in camp. So I know actual game rugby and talking to the girls, they are absolutely ready to roll and can't wait to get out with that pitch. So I wouldn't imagine there's even nerves there at this situation. There's, there's nobody in the stands, obviously being televised by RTE, but no pressure on really. They're just there to go out and put on a show today, I think. Well, Fiona, you're after making me really excited all of a sudden about how much they're mad to get out on the pitch. I cannot wait to keep an eye on it while on the show tonight. But, you know, what three wins was their target that Adam Gregg set at the start of the year and they're probably 80-odd minutes away from achieving it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to be realistic. Things, uh, say, two years ago, things weren't firing as well and, and they've just looked a different team and a different squad this uh, this year's Six Nations. They're after tidying up their defence. Um, they seem to be blending a lot better together. There's a, there's a good buzz amongst them. But I think when in watching them, it was those kind of hard, tough minutes where they were coming out on top and that hadn't been happening. So it's like they got the, the old, uh, what's the say, off the back. They got the old dog off the back and they're uh, they're ready to, to get out there now. As I said, no pressure. They were aiming for, it was that first win that kind of was going to kick them on. And in watching them and in, in, in watching my own Irish girls train in, in Limerick and stuff like that, I just think that they're, they're, they're looking forward to it and there's going to be something special on show today. And I don't mean to look too far ahead, Fiona, but playing Italy today is a great opportunity probably to build and look at the bigger picture here, which is the qualifiers in December, which, to be honest, they're kind of touch and go at the moment. 
Yeah, well, that's it. See, they don't know where they're standing at the minute. It looks like maybe they might throw Spain in and go ahead with those qualifiers, but but you never know. But I think it's it's the thing with COVID at the minute, Valerie. You're just focusing, and they'd be the same. I was the same with my own team. You're focusing on one game at a time because uh, you just don't know what's mm. going to happen. But having a look at Italy, even from a coaching point and seeing exactly what they can bring, Italy have been changing over the years. They've gotten stronger and stronger, men's and women's in the six nations but the thing about it is when Italy come you just don't know what they're going to bring if, if they're not interested in the game it could be a totally different game you know what I mean they, they, they seem to kind of if they're if they're on a high they play like that a bit similar to the French so I think they'll be just looking at this game as getting a, a few kind of new blooded players out there getting a, a feel for that I know the dirty wall mm-hmm. um, from Munster is, is starting so she's an absolute crank and I'm really <laughs> excited to see her playing in that back three alongside Claire Malloy and of course Captain Kira Gerson. Yeah, you mentioned Doherty, her first cap at 20 years of age for Ireland, I mean, and you're telling me they're very excited. Can you imagine the buzz and her heading out there this evening? Uh, yeah, and you know what? That wouldn't bother in the, in the slightest. I played a season with her a monster and I, I was in tackling drills when I was playing myself and you nearly try and sneakily get out of the drill just to, to get away from her. She is absolute tank and she would be just absolutely looking forward to this. She's come off the bench and obviously proven her point in a couple of games at the start of the Six Nations. But I think the start is exactly what she needs and she's really, really going to bring massive physicality to the game. Chat Packers, kind of Will Connors' performance and then that gives Claire Malone I'd say a chance to get in over the ball at what she does and what she loves doing. Was there any surprises for you on the team selection? Was there anyone sitting out that should be in there for you? <laughs> I'm getting in trouble now, Valerie. You can't. No, no, <laughs> Come on, tell me. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Nicole Cronin. She's my nine in ULBOs. Um, I think she's the, one of the best nines I've seen in the women's game in years and that's including around the world I'm a massive massive fan so yeah. I was a big shock to, to not see her in the squad but as an on that up at camp I don't know what's going on up there I mean Catherine Dale has been the starting nine and she's proved herself in week in week out you know she's well capable but I think Nicole adds a little bit of a terrier off the bench almost champing at people's heels when she's in their barking orders with every good nine a Craig Casey similar kind of character so I was a bit disappointed not seeing her in the squad but you know what it's it's wide open up there changing kind of people are getting new casts and it's good to see but I would have loved to seen her ever go against this Italian team I mean, like, she sounds like she's an amazing player, especially the way you're speaking about her. And I know that we've seen her in action before, but there has been changes to the team as well. And we've been hit with COVID ourselves, with COVID precautions. I know there's two players sitting out, um, Laura yeah. Sheen and Leah Lyons coming in for Emer Constein and Laura Feely. I yeah. think there's a bit of drama with the COVID of being a, a positive test that was in negative and teams don't need yeah. that in a week up to a big game like this. No, and I think what happened was it was kind of coming back inconclusive, so it actually never even tested positive, but to err on the side of caution, I think they spoke maybe with uh, World Rugby or European Rugby, whoever, and they decided to um, to leave it out because two tests had come back inclu- inconclusive. 
and then it was literally the morning then it came back negative so there was a bit of you know stone and thrown with that but I know as a coach and I'm sure Adam had them all in a bubble and they were all focused you know and I'd say that's why they made the decision nice and early so that like Solara and Zia can focus and they now know they're in the squad and they know what their role will be and fair play to Laura my coach Laura as well she, she went straight into a starting spot and no better woman to, to whip up the wing out there Well how do you see the game going? Ah, yeah, I definitely, I would definitely say a, a, a good Irish win. I'd say maybe they could, they could definitely put four tries on them. So I would see a bonus point win, maybe winning by between nine to twelve points, maybe. You're going to put your house in this um, on this game, John. <laughs> I I would I would only am out in Grenada, and I don't know if I if I get enough money for it, so, but I I would try I throw it on, yeah, yeah. I really I've just seen the girls, and I I've got just good vibes, and I suppose I'm coming off watching the lads there, you know. And yeah. They just came out, they came out of the blocks, and they wanted it, and I think the girls are going to be the exact same. They have qualifiers. Italy obviously are a very good side and would be hoping to qualify for the World Cup as well. But I just know for Irish rugby, the girls have like this amazing focus at the minute and they're they're really excited about the game. So I would throw the old house and ground on it. <laughs> Brilliant, it's great. Also, we saw yesterday France have agreed to play next weekend six women's uh, six nations uh, game against Ireland in Dublin after the COVID-19 regulations threatened the fixture. I mean, this is something amazing for France to come up and do for Ireland. They could have just taken the game. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it shows, you know, the passion and spirit of the, the rugby community, men's and women's. You know, you'd always, it's not just about, you know, obviously they want to get their points and, and all that, but it's about playing the game and that experience. And, you know, mid Six Nations, no one wants to see, um, no one wants to see a game cancelled as a player. You, you, even if you were going out playing a team that you know was probably going to beat you off the park, you just want to play. You just want to experience that. And it was really, really good of French rugby to do that. You know, when you go over there, it can be quite daunting playing, mm. in, like, playing in their stands. They've done it. You nearly <laughs> get things fired at you. When you're running out, they're just so passionate and shouting and everything. But I suppose with it, with the lack of fans as well, they just want to, they just want to play that game. And they very, very kindly have offered to come over. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off the, the girls kind of deciding could they take that two week um, break off work and uh, isolate after that trip to France so it's it, it, a generous offer and it just takes a lot of pressure off the girls as well going forward No it's an absolutely amazing thing and I mean like for girls that are going to everyday jobs I'm sure the pressure is less than they must have been so delighted to receive the news that look you actually don't need to isolate for two weeks because they're coming here yeah, it was. It was. It was probably. I don't know exactly what they were going to do, but it was kind of a talk of the likes of teachers might have been able to fully get the two weeks off, so they couldn't go. And it was probably back and forth. Maybe they shouldn't play the game if some people can't do that, because obviously you have students, you know, that would be sitting at home. They probably won't like me saying that. But yeah. <laughs> students that probably can sit at home for the two weeks. We sit on their laptop or whatever. I won't be that mean. Sit or sit at home. Do nothing. But there's definitely kind of a difference between the, the teachers or the you know the professionals to the students, and that's just the life of women's rugby at the moment. Yeah, I know. And this week, actually, Fiona, I meant to say for the very first time, um, any aspiring female players and supporters will be able to purchase replica of their exact shirts of their idols. They launched the first women's jersey. 
They did. They did. It was excellent. Obviously, there was a little bit of an uproar when Canterbury made the mistake of just throwing it out there. It was kind of a last minute thing. I I wouldn't say it was done maliciously, but you know, it, it's correct. I mean, we should see the girls modelling those jerseys and to specifically get a jersey made is just, it's just brilliant. It shows sign of times now things are, are coming on. I remember we went to World Cup in France and they kind of stop. Um, we knew that come September that Canterbury had taken over from Puma, say, with, with the Irish team. And it was a bit of who and on as in what jerseys we could be wearing because it was going from, it was literally going into September and there was a change and we weren't sure if we would even have to nearly go out and design our own jerseys at, at a stage. But, you know, what? the way the game has gone now, it's great to see the support and back it. And it's great for us to go out and be able to buy, uh, you know, the fit that they can wear themselves, which is really good as well. No, look, it's great and it's the way things should be in 2020 and I know kickoff is at 6.30, you're really looking forward to it. It is the round four fixture against Italy. Um, I know it's supposed to originally Sunday tomorrow, but it is today and we cannot wait to cheer on the girls. Fiona, just before I go, i let you go. I mean, this week sport was hanging in by a thread, but oh my God, is it nice to have it. I know, I was literally I, I doing a, a podcast earlier with a, a guy and he was talking about, oh, you know, this and that. And I was saying, oh, I could not wait for today. Today is a day of rugby. You know what, when you're when you're sitting at home and there's not much to do, at least when you can sit down and watch professional sports on telly, when you're into that, it really takes uh, it takes your mind off other things. And I literally, I have, I'm going to be taping the watch. Uh, extra game as well and I'm going to be watching that straight after the women's game so it's nice to have something out there and our own games were cancelled but you know what watching sport really kind of it, it just shows that like things life can go on and hopefully we as the general public will get there as well soon when we're all back playing sports 100% Brilliant as always Fiona it's lovely to have you on the big red bench and I'm sure we'll get you on again in the future alright? No worries thanks a million for having me and hopefully we'll be chatting about the girls win soon Great. Thanks, William Fiona. Bye, Van Ten minutes to kick off. It is 6.30. Keep an eye on our social media on the Big Red Bench for the updates and we hope the girls can get over the line in the Leinster Hurling Championship. Let me just give you some updates. Dublin's 10 points, Leisure 6. And there's woeful drama over the yellow slisher as if we didn't see this happening. I see so many tweets online saying we can't see with the slisher. So I don't know if it's the right thing to be doing to be um, channeling it or giving it a chance in the middle of a competition or let me know if you're watching it and can you see the yellow slisher? Let me know. Anyway, um, speaking of um, hurling, well, we're going to turn our attention to Camogie. The Camogie Association have confirmed yesterday that they will have to restructure their All-Ireland intermediate and junior competitions due to COVID-19 restrictions. Um, new directions came from the Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, Gwail, Talked, Sport and Media in relation to the operation of the Inter-County All-Ireland Championship um, competitions. This came yesterday so that each county can only enter one team in the All-Ireland competition with no second teams allowed out in the grains below senior level. As a result of this, Galway, Kilkenny, Cork, Dublin and Tipperary have to withdraw their squads from the Intermediate Championship and focus solely on senior level, which is very disappointing. This is, of course, no fault of the Camogie Association. It is the powers that be above. Um, Cork Camp are completely devastated and joining me on the big red bench is Cork Camogie Intermediate player, Clean O'Callaghan. Clean, not the news you wanted to hear this week. No, unfortunately, Valerie, we were this week preparing for like the commencement of our championship, which was supposed to be today against Kerry in our first match. And we were left, I suppose, a day before the commencement of the championship to go ahead that we were told that we'd be removed from the All-Ireland um, campaign. And 
that all second teams from inter-county would, you know, not be able to compete this year within the competition. Um, I suppose the competition is still going ahead, um, eliminating us from it, along with other county teams who have a high standard of camogie and I suppose are able to field two elite teams. So, you know, it's hugely unfair to punish camogie for being an association which allows second teams to compete and like it only still now will leave 21 teams competing over the three grades of Camogie in comparison we'll say to the LGFA or the GA who can still have 31 or 32 teams you know competing in their mm-hmm. campaigns Kleena what was the initial reaction I mean how were you told did you find out online like the rest of us you know or how were you told about this yeah, so I suppose at the same time as um, it was released online, we were sent a message into our team chat because managers had just been notified. And I suppose the initial reaction among players and management was just, you know, utter like demotivation, heartbreak and just disappointment and frustration that we'd be left, you know, considered a second team a day before championship. And, you know, that they thought so little of us just to leave it at that, that we can be we can tell them 24 hours before a game that they're eliminated from the competition. I know this impact must have had a lot on you yesterday. I can't imagine how devastating it was to receive this news. But, you know, I think people probably forget, Kleena, all the hard work that you've put in over the last few weeks of being able to train with Intercounty. I mean, you're from Newtown Shandrum and you're coming to Cork City to train. I mean, that's an hour and a half up and an hour and a half down. People forget the amount of effort that you go into training and stuff. Yeah, I think like the commitment between um, all players and management is huge. Be that on a first team, second team basis, whatever it is. Like this is detrimental to Camogie for even younger players looking on this saying, if we can't make the senior team, are we considered to be, you know, less professional or less in the elite category? Like, um, both teams sacrifice the same to play with their county. I myself, of course, like being from North Cork and other girls are travelling an hour, hour and a half to training. Like, we're still working jobs. This isn't a professional sport. And for, like, this little to be thought of us, I suppose, by our own government is kind of a shame, really, to think about it. And as a group, Kleena, what are you hoping that could happen over the next few days before they do restructure the championship? Um, I think like we want this decision to be overturned as there is still time for the second team to continue. Um, it will only take the fixtures that are already made to go ahead. Like There's nothing else has to be done other than leave the campaign the way it is situated, that all teams can continue playing because... I mean, it's a completely separate panel to seniors, so that it poses no increased potential transmission of COVID or anything like that. It's not increasing the risk. So, like, if this campaign was to go ahead, which we needed to, like, as players, that's what we're asking for, that the government would consider their decision and change it, basically overturning it, letting us continue. Like, this is, you know, mentally and physically, this is going to be, have a huge impact on players and at the end of the day will be detrimental effect on the camogie after all. I know, and I think that in a year of 2020 and us encouraging women to play sport and to get involved and for media to cover it, Kleena, I think something yeah. like this, do you think it would discourage other younger players going, you know what, I'm thought nothing of, why should I play? Exactly, like we're trying to increase the number of women participating in sport and increase the coverage with the 2020 campaign, but like this is yet another huge step back for, backwards for women's sport and we really don't feel the same would be done to a male team in our position. 
I know, and it's a tough one to take, and I can tell, and by listening to you, I, I can tell, you know what, you're cross and you're angry, and you're probably going to go through the motions, and you have every right to. But I have yeah. seen online, you have a petition. I know that the Cork Intermediate Girls have set up a petition. Can you tell us about yeah. that? So we've set up like a campaign online, I suppose, to make people aware like of how unfair this is on our team and not just our team. Other teams are getting involved, like the Limerick Junior team, Tipperary Intermediate, Galway, Kilkenny. You know, it's not just us. So there's a huge amount of players affected all over the country. And we're trying to get the campaign out there and be heard, you know, by the public for this decision to be changed in favour of us. Um, to continue playing and doing like what we've been doing for the whole year and following all protocols I don't see why it's any different for a second team than a first team to be competing at this level like I know and this week unfortunately I think people that maybe are not a fan of sport or maybe don't have the love for it as much as we do clean I might go for God's sake you know what could you not do without it for one year you know you have that argument as well going I know it's for your health and safety and you have that other side of the argument to play devil's advocate what about if someone saying lads it's for your own safety we're doing this I know like we understand obviously that health and safety is paramount during like these unprecedented times they're strange for everyone but like even I myself as a primary teacher have been going into school during this time and like we are following the same protocols at Camogie as we are within schools at this time you know there's constant sanitising we're doing everything we can and you know continuing with our sport we don't see how we are affecting anybody else you know we're a bubble within ourselves in Cork Camogie and like the risk is the same as kind of anyone in the community, do you know? I do, I do. Well, look, best look with the petition and hopefully something might change for you between now and Tuesday because I know that there's a few counties that are just going to have to sit this one out if that be the case. So where can people yeah. find that petition, Clean if they want to sign it, um, listening? So it'll be, it'll be online on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm sure it'll be shared among all different players and hopefully even yourself, Valerie, if you were sharing it, you know that other people will find it on your page as well. Yeah, I will, of course. I'll share it on my own page there at Valerie Wheeler on uh, Twitter as well. Kleena, I can't yeah. imagine, what is the overall feeling like in the team? I mean, are you devastated? Completely devastated, yeah, and like heartbroken. Do you know that so little would be thought of us in the country that it would just be cancelled overnight for us, I suppose. Completely, yeah, demotivated and disappointed within the whole, club, or the whole campaign. Kleena, I hope that something can be done about it between now and Tuesday. The very best luck to you and thanks for coming on the Big Red Bench because I know how raw this can feel for you. It's only happened less than 24 hours ago and you should be playing today. So best yeah. of luck with everything, all right? Thanks a million for having us, Valerie. And hopefully, yeah, we'll get the outcome that we're hoping for. Okay, Cork Intermediate player Clean O'Callaghan on this week's restructure difficulty. Um, look, it's a tough one for them to take and I know the Camogie of no fall for this, you know, and people will have the argument that it is for the health and safety benefit of players and our country at the moment, but it is. Look, when you're at the centre of it and you're a player, I'm mean, sure this must affect you highly and highly so. If you want to listen back to the rest of that chat, if you missed it, if you came in halfways, it'll be podcasted later at the Big Red Bench if you want to listen to Clean It is half time in the Premier League. Uh, Manchester, you United nil, Chelsea nil. We're currently looking at no score there. Also in the Leinster hurling, um, Leinster hurling game that's top championship has happened today. Dublin one thirteen, leash ten points. Um, I still can't get over the amount of tweets online giving about the yellow, the yellow slitter. I mean, like we saw this coming weeks ago when it was introduced. So I'll read out some of the text towards the end of the show. I see Park Fanning of Watford giving out one that he can't see it at the moment. On the way in the big red bench, so we're sticking with Camogie. Paddy Murray, Cork Camogie manager, will be on to chat about next weekend's game. They're playing Wexford on Halloween night. And we also have Linda Collins. She's 
is going to come on and chat to us. Um, she uh, scored 1-5 recently for Corsi Rovers when they were made history um, when they were crowned county champions. So all that and more is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Welcome back to the Big Red Bench with me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7pm tonight. We're going to stick with the Camogie now. This week on the Big Red Bench, I'm going to be joined by Cork Camogie manager, Paddy Murray. Cork are away to Wexford the next Saturday night. No, they're not away. They're at home here, actually. And the last week, they were handed a walkover by Offaly due to COVID-19. So, Paddy, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Thank you. Thank you. Paddy, a week into the Camogie Championship and unfortunately for Cork, you probably didn't get your first competitive game going against Offaly due to a walkover. Um, probably a bit frustrating for you on that side? Yeah, I suppose it was disappointing. Um, probably the way it came about as well, you know, that that was kind of Wednesday morning before we uh, got confirmation that the game wasn't going ahead and uh, I suppose there was a lot of work gone into the uh, logistics of, of trying to get to Borough and uh, you know, in the present climate that we're in as well, you know, that uh, trying to get uh, players up there and uh, um, probably keep them separated as, as as much as possible and get food and all that. So it was disappointing from that side of things, you know. Yeah, I know. And I know a lot of teams probably have a week of action under their belt, but I presume you've had a chance to sit back and watch those games and maybe learn from them as well, what other teams have been like. Yeah, look, uh, I suppose, yeah, look, uh, we watched the... the uh, all three games uh, last weekend so um, I suppose that's what we expect really it is winter hurling uh, you know and that uh, probably the big more physical teams are going to win out at the end of the day you know Yeah it's kind of it's hard to judge games at the moment because you're all in the same boat and I think that with Covid it's hard to know whether games will go ahead or not and I think there's a lot of confusion Paddy is deemed as you know if a player's in close contact with someone or casual contact that teams across the country now are pulling games and pulling them maybe a slight bit, bit too quick maybe yeah, look, I, I suppose the, the, the we're trying to follow the guidelines and uh, you do the best you can and then, you know, you see incidents like the Offaly Hurling team, uh, you know, that, that 27 were deemed as close contact and you're scratching your head because, you know, if they followed guidelines, uh, well, then there should be casual contact. So from that point of view, it, it, it's very, very difficult Um you know, we're trying to track girls as well during the week to see, you know, we girls in college and, and uh, you know, who are they in contact with and we're trying to keep them, I suppose, nearly staying at home at this stage, you know. So that side of things is very, very difficult. Um, I suppose I would like to see something uh, certainly uh, clear in, in the way of guidelines of what is a close contact and what is is casual, you know. So it's it's difficult at the moment, there's no question about it. I mean, what protective measures? I know that you're probably allowed to use dressing rooms as well at the moment, but I think the last time I spoke to someone in the Cork Mug camp, I don't think you were choosing to do so just for extra safety. Yeah, look, we there's no dressing rooms being used, so we all arrive to training uh, and straight out onto the pitch. And once we finish training, it's into our cars and straight home. So, you know, look, there's many a night that we've had to go home with, but, you know, that's the way things uh yeah, have to be done the way you know that's the way we see things at the moment you know No yeah it's great to see you take the extra precautions and looking after your players and I know that you have a game next weekend against Wexford but this week you were also hit with injury news and poor old Julia White suffering a serious knee injury Yeah look I suppose to be honest we knew with, with a couple of weeks Julia was playing against uh, 
uh, Waterford in the challenge match and uh, Cashinies and uh, she came out the worst so it was very unfortunate to her for her because uh, you know she had a bad injury a couple of years ago she was just getting over that I thought she had a very good club championship and uh, was certainly showing form that uh, you know would indicate that she was going to be a big player for us you know so look she's a fractured kneecap and uh, that's probably you know 10 to 12 week uh, recovery so uh, that, by, by that that certainly would, would, would rule her out you know how are other injuries? I know Laura with her hand, she was hoping to be on track maybe for the second game with her hand. Yeah, look, uh, I suppose we we have, uh, I think, seven or eight uh, injured at the moment. You know, I think the club championship here took an awful lot out of our players mm. um, and didn't really to go from, from the the club straight into the uh, inter-county scene straight away. Um, I think we had only both probably six, seven sessions to prepare for the Offaly game. So we're trying to get matches in then as well. So um, uh, we would have preferred for the the county championship tend maybe two weeks earlier. That would have given us uh, more time. Would have given the girls more time to recover as well and get ready for the inter county uh, uh, session or uh, season. So that obviously didn't happen. So you know, I look, I, I, we have we have Laura uh, Tracy who's struggling. Debbie Coppinger is struggling. Katrina Mackey is struggling. Linda Collins is struggling. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of girls at the moment that, that uh, are on the treatment table, you know. I know, and now more than ever, Paddy, you need um, probably a deep bench and a strong bench and girls to come off and put their hand up because with games coming thick and fast and you hoping to get through the stages, you know, I think you do need extra girls. Yeah, look, and we, we I suppose our, our goal at the start of the year was to develop a lot of the younger girls that were coming through that have won all our medals in, 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 at minor level. And uh, I suppose the way the season has gone, it's been very frustrating that way because you know the, the, the match we finished and uh, so we really had the chance to uh, I suppose develop those girls as well as we uh, could you know so uh, we we would have a very very young team uh, I think the average age is 22 23 years of age so we're very young I suppose we would have preferred Munster or uh, summer hurling really uh, rather than winter mm. hurling but it is what it is we just you know just have to get on with it and unfortunately, there was more a bit of a blow to Camogie this week with the cancellation of the intermediate and the Premier Junior Championships. And I know you have a crossover of girls on both teams, and it's very disappointing for them because some of them might now might not get the chance to play this year, Paddy. Yeah, look, I suppose again the way it was handled uh, uh, was, was 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 pretty ridiculous, really. You know, I suppose look, as we find it out, that was no doing of the Camogie Association. Uh, you know, certainly they weren't at fault here, but I think it could have been handled an awful lot better. Um, I think people must must take into account the cost involved here as well. Um, we have a county board that have to pay for for floodlit pitches uh, for the last uh, two months, um, so you know that runs into its thousands. So that's not easy to come by in the present climate. Um, you also didn't have girls that you know have put in. A lot of effort for training and all, you know, and just to be told two or three days before a championship match, the whole thing was pulled for the year, you know. So I just thought it was very, very poorly done. Um, I can't see what the difference is. They're going out playing a match and we're going out playing a match. Yeah, I know. And a lot of people seem to, you know, be taking it that way as well, that they do not see the difference between ye heading out and them heading out. And it's just a strange thing to call. I'm not sure do they know what they're at at the moment, you know, by making these decisions. They're obviously week by week going on just trying to see what they're going to do but we do have a weekend of sport to look forward to and I know next up for you is Wexford at home and what are you expecting from them Paddy? 
Well, I watched them against uh, Galway. I thought they were uh, very physical. They're a big, strong team. Uh, moved the ball well out of defence. Kevin Tatton has gone in there, and you can see the, what he's trying to do. So uh, this will be a very tough game to us. We look at it as a final, really. Uh, it's a winner-take-all Um you know that that whoever wins, I suppose, is into a quarter final. So it's a big game for us. Uh, you know, it's certainly a game that we can't lose because we're going to Galway the week after, and, and to try and take on Galway above there and beat them won't be easy. So it's a game we have to win. Great, and look, Camogie and sport is a welcome distraction to what's going on in the world. I'm sure it's a welcome distraction to you as well, Paddy, outside of work, having the extra added pressure of maybe having to close the business for the next few weeks. Yeah, look, uh, I, I think it's essential that these games go ahead. I just, you know, uh, people calling for them to uh, be cancelled puzzles me. You know, this is mm-hmm. something that we're going to have to deal with for the next couple of years. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that you drive on. Uh, you know, if someone doesn't want to to uh, play in them, so be it. Just, you know, look, uh, uh, and that's fine. We don't have a problem. Look, the girls have come to, uh, will come to us and uh, say they're not comfortable. Well, then that's fine. We have no problem with that, you know. But uh, I think most people want them playing yeah, no, and how are you yourself coping with it all, Paddy, outside of Camogie? I should look, you've got to stay positive, that's the key, and, uh, you know, look, look uh, I run a business as well, and, uh, you know, to close your doors is not easy, um, but, uh, you know, as I said, look, it is, we have no control over that, it's just a case of keeping the head down and driving on. Yeah, no, Paddy, thanks a million for joining us on the bench this week, and we look forward to the game next weekend, all right? No bother, thanks a million. Paddy Murray, Carcamogie manager, chatting to me ahead of next weekend's game. It's always lovely to get Paddy on the phone and, you know, him having to close his business can't be easy as well. But he is sport to keep him distracted and he is welcoming it, of course. Now, there was a goal for Cork City. It was one all, but that didn't last too long. Uh, Dylan McLeod came off the bench to equalise as he's free kick. Somehow find, found the back of the net, but I know Coleman first like her overs met it 2-1 shortly after. I mean, when it hasn't been your year, it hasn't been your year. I think Cork City really do sum up 2020. Um, sticking with Camogie, as I mentioned last weekend, was the first round of the Liberty Insurance Camogie Championship. Cork was supposed to be in action last weekend, but Offaly Camogie had confirmed a member of their senior management team had tested positive for COVID-19, so Cork did receive a walkover. During the week, um, in amongst her doing parent-teacher meetings, would you believe, uh, she was doing parent-teacher meetings, and I was like, will you give me two minutes of your time? It was Cork Camogie star Linda Collins joined me for a chat to preview next weekend's game. Uh, Linda, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Brilliant, yeah. It feels great. I'm laughing when you said uh, fresh out of club action. I don't know how fresh we are after coming out of club. But um, no, it was brilliant. And all the celebrations and everything, you know, it was great to put a smile on people's faces just during this whole thing. It was absolutely just surreal as well. You know, even thinking back, I still don't really believe that we're after winning it, you know. And even the girls would be sending Snapchats there and we're like, God, it's, it's a great thing to be able to say, you know, kind of champion. No, it is an amazing thing to say. And even your own performance on the day, Linda, was absolutely sensational. I mean, 1-5 in county final, you can't ask for much better than that. Oh, I don't know now. I mean, it was a very much so a team effort. And I mean, the girls and the backs and everything, were, we were just so balanced this year that it was great. The backs were able to hit the ball, the quality ball into the forwards as well, which really stood to us because, I mean... Everyone really stood up that day and really just put the body on the line and it was amazing. So proud of everyone. No, it was amazing. Yeah, it was a great day and great scenes afterwards as well, of course. And I mean, probably being in the club action right up to when you went back to the inter-county setup probably helped the transition of 
the period of going from club to inter-county in the middle of a pandemic, Linda? Definitely. And I mean, like, if it was a bit of a slog coming back in from club, coming off the back of a loss, you know, you would be kind of a bit nervous about coming back in and kind of saying, oh, we have to go back to the start here now again. But no, definitely, I think just the buzz of the whole club and everything, you kind of... It, it is a bit addicting, you know, the whole winning thing. So you kind of want to go again and you always want to be better again, you know. So it was great. What's it like being back in the inter-county setup? Good, yeah, really enjoy it. Like, it's great to be able to see the girls and it's great to be able to, you know, have some bit of normality because I feel even when I'm in school with the kids, you know, it's constantly sanitise your hands and, you know, lining up and keeping your distance, those kind of things. So I suppose when you go to training at least we're able to train you know obviously it's strange that we have to travel on our own and all of this myself and Hannah Looney will be <laughs> but yeah a few tunes on the way to training usually but we can't really do that now at the moment um but no it is great to have some bit of normality in our lives especially the whole thing that's going on yeah what a travel body to have with you I spent some time with Hannah in uh, New York and <laughs> we all know how crazy Hannah can get <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, the sing-songs we had to training, we lived, we lived together last year and the sing-songs every day used to just be blaring in the car. <laughs> no, it's absolutely wonderful. And you know what? I think even for the social aspect and for a lot of people, we're also looking forward to your games are being streamed. A lot more people can get access to it and it's great for women's sport in general. Absolutely. And I think that's the main thing, you know, like it'll benefit a lot more people. It's not just the fitness aspect of it anymore. It's actually the social aspect and even for people who are watching the games, something to do, something to look forward to at the weekend. You know, people, oh, what matches on this weekend? You know, they might just tune in just out of pure boredom. And you know what? It's great for publicity for Camogie as well because, you know, people will start tuning in and people will start to gain interest as well. So it's great. Yeah, your first round, unfortunately, you didn't really get a competitive game because you were handed a walkover. I mean, that must have been fairly frustrating for you at the same time, Linda. I know Offaly couldn't help it at the same time, but still for your own preparations, you know, you were prepared to play that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we were all set all the week coming up to it and we had done our kind of uh, training sessions preparing for a match on the, on the Saturday and obviously Offaly could do nothing about it and the season might go a bit like that, you know, with people isolating and things like that and COVID is going to have some effect. But um, it was, it was we were able to play our own game internally, which was great um, because obviously missing out in our first championship game and everybody else having played theirs, it's kind of tough because we're going to our first game now when everybody else is kind of settled and, you know, ready for the next game. So we are probably at a bit of a disadvantage. But then again, we played our own game internally and we might have gotten a lot of that as well. You could say you might be at an advantage as well because you got a chance to sit back and watch others perform and see what players are playing well. And, you know, you probably were able to see, OK, there's a bit of footage for us to go off this year now because there wouldn't have been much otherwise to look back over. Absolutely. And I mean, even watching Wexford and Galway last week, I mean... They were both outstanding, both outstanding teams and like it was tit for tat for the whole thing. Like Galway get a goal and next thing, Wexford be down get on the other side getting a goal. You know, it was great. It was a great game at Camogie. So, I mean, long may it last now for the rest of the championship. But yeah, it would make you a bit nervous, all right, when you haven't played and you're looking at other teams going so well, you're kind of saying, oh God, I wonder what we'll be like. You know, it's kind of, it's hard to know. Wexford's next. What are you expecting from them? 
Yeah, so they're going to be a tough, I'd say they're going to be physical, you know. They're, and judging by last week, they're well able to take their scores. They've got free takers and everything. So, like, we will we will be up against it. We're very, you know, some people look at us and they say, oh, they're good hurlers, you know, and they're, <laughs> you know, all of that kind of a thing, and they're kind of light. But, um, no, hopefully we'll be able to put it up to them. But I'd say it will be a good game, and just looking forward to getting started now as well. No, we're looking forward to the competitive action over the next few weeks and we're delighted that the government is allowing the senior games go ahead. Linda, thanks so much for looking ahead at next week's game for us and I'm sure I'll be chatting to you afterwards. Sorry, right, very best luck to you. No problem at all. Thank you, Valerie. Linda Collins of Cork Camogie ahead of their game next weekend. Cork facing Wexford on the 31st, which is Halloween. Right, let's take a look at some of the scores or look some of the games that are happening right now. In the Premier League, there is a 50 or 61 minutes on the clock for Manchester United and Chelsea, and it's currently no score. Also, the ladies Six Nation are in action and that's off since half six. There's probably about 20 minutes in the clock and there is still no score with the ladies there um, between Ireland and Italy. Hopefully, they're going to take a win from that game. In the Leinster Hurling Championship, Dublin is 1-15. That's 18 points. And Leash is 12 points. We also have more action in the SSE Artricity, you know, Cork City are playing. And the last time I did have a look, there was a goal for Cork City. But it didn't last too long because, unfortunately, Saigo Rovers did get a goal in the end. And Rory, um, I, I had a bit of a joy for a moment when I saw Cork City sword goal, but it didn't last long. <laughs> no, it certainly did not. It's like Rovers 2, Cork City 1 into the 90th minute now. So it's waiting on the fourth official to put up how long is going to be played in time added on. But it sums up Cork City's season basically today's game. Mm. They had a penalty in the early part of the game to go ahead. Uh, that's taken by Kid Elliott. He slips, it's saved. Slagger Rovers got the other end of the pitch uh, and they scored through junior. Um, Liam Boston rushing out of his goal. Maybe could have stayed at home a bit. Henry Oching didn't really get across junior either. Um, City not covering themselves in glory for that goal. Then they get themselves back, right back into it in the second half. Dylan McGlade's free kick into the back of the net. One on. Come on, City. Come on, City. And you're like, come on, we can do this. And then um, Sligo Rovers, uh, ball into the box, mass confusion. Boston comes out, uh, flaps that across. Uh, mass confusion in the Cork City box. Um, he fouls Junior uh, a penalty uh, for Sligo Rovers. And then Ronan Cotland steps up, uh, dinks into the back of the net, and it's 2-1 to Sligo Rovers. And it just sums up Cork City's season. Absolutely no luck whatsoever. They can't get a break. And they're now staring relegation square in the face. Rory, I mean, you are you have been following Cork City for years upon years, and they've gone from being top of their game to being at the bottom. I mean, what is what to you has happened to them? It's really interesting. My Facebook memories today popped up that uh, this time six years ago, um, Cork City lost to Dundalk in 2014, the last game of the season, um, in what was a, a title decider. It was John Caulfield's first season in charge. Um, he taken City from nowhere basically to, ter- to challenge him Dundalk went up to Dundalk with a chance to win the league and um, it's uh, Billy then he actually hit the post with a free kick that would have put Cork City a goal up and uh, they went look Dundalk went on to win the, the league that day and fair play to them um, Cork City obviously went on to win the league in 2017 under John Caulfield um, but um, it's been an interesting ride I suppose since the 2017 um, league and cup double 
a lot of things have happened behind the scenes. Um, uh, it's it's hard to pinpoint, I suppose, one thing that has gone wrong for Cork City over the last couple of years. People point to the sacking of John Caulfield as a monumental decision in the history of the club. A lot of people today insist that it's the wrong decision. A lot of people today insist that it was the right decision. Um, the spending and the, the, I suppose, the amount of money that was going on wages and players had gone up. Um, budgets, I suppose, uh, were signed off on. And um, I suppose John Caulfield had a lot of players on his books that, uh, that didn't really work out. So that's why he went, I guess. And then since then, you've had John Cotter come in. Uh, he was replaced by Neil Fenn. That didn't work out at all. Neil Fenn, very, very nice guy. Just didn't work out from a Cork City. Colin Healy's come in now for the last couple of games. And while he's instilled a passion, I suppose, and a purpose in Cork City, they still can't get the, the wins that they need. It's been very, very frustrating watching Cork City this season. Um, and a lot of the players that Neil Fenn brought in just didn't work out whatsoever as uh, we watch, watch wait for the last couple of minutes here into the last 60 seconds here now in the showground still Slugger Rovers to Cork City won in that game but just waiting on the referee's full time whistle and it's going to be a devastating result for Cork City to lose this one today and just one game left for them and that's Derry City on, on, on Sunday week their their last game of the season and let's go on to take a miracle they're a point off in Harps still Finn Harps have four games in hand they could pick up something from those games they play Bohemians tonight they have a better goal difference than Cork City as well um, so look it's it's going to take an absolute miracle for Cork City to stay in the Premier Division and it looks like staring um the first division right in the face. There's a big vote coming up on Wednesday about whether or not um, the Forest members are going to, um, I suppose, allow the sale uh, of the club to go ahead to to Trevor Hennings and the Preston North End owner. So it's going to be a massive week for the club, and it's very very sad to be talking about Cork City going down. I mean, like I know there's still a game left, but we have to be realistic here. Mm. Um, they might not get anything out of that game against Derry City at Turner's Cross but we'll wait and see but it's Finn Harps have all, all the aces here in the sand so it's very very sad reporting on the downfall of Cork City considering the heights that Cork City yeah. reached winning the FBI Cup in 2016 winning the, the League Cup double in, in 2017 and all those fantastic memories and it's, it's it's a hard one to take as a Cork City fan personally I have to say Valerie No I can't imagine and I can't. I don't think you're the only one that feels that way Rory I'm sure fans around the country that are, would only love to be at the games you know maybe if there was some Cork fans allowed at the games it might spoof them on a bit because Cork City fans have all been so vocal Possibly yeah I mean like uh, it's a shortened season as we all know because yeah. of the COVID-19 pandemic the final whistle has just gone there as well just finished Slagger Overs to Cork City 1 um, COVID-19 has messed everything up for everybody basically um, and with the shortened season it was always going to be difficult for Cork City supposed to stay in the league considering um, that they were operating under a reduced budget they had brought in Neil Fenn who was a um, a good first division manager with Longford Town but unproven at Premier Division level and he brought in a number of players who just didn't work out for one reason or the other and it was always going to be an uphill battle when this season we started and that proved to be the case I mean like City under Neil Fenn towards the end were absolutely lacklustre completely lacking yeah. in passion completely lacking in ideas Colin Healy to be fair when he came in you know Colin Healy he's Cork City through and through so when he came in that passion is obviously going to seep in through the players and the performances did improve and City were okay in the second half today they brought the game to Slugger Rovers just that penalty 
today really sucked the life out of Cork City's comeback and that was the end of that and I suppose Ronan Coughlin the former Cork City player as well lest we forget uh, probably putting the final nail in Cork City's coffin and it's, it's a sad thing to be reporting on this Saturday evening Valerie Yeah I know it is I mean Rory what do we need a fresh start new players new management It'll be interesting to see what happens now on Wednesday, whether or not the, the force members vote in favour of the proposed takeover by uh, Grovemore and uh, Trevor Hemmings, the uh, the Preston North End manager. I mean, like people will argue that uh, maybe the force membership has um, taken the club as far as it can go and a fresh input is, input is needed. People then argue that we don't want, um, I suppose, sugar daddies are, are, are foreign owners owning Cork City. We've been down that road before and that's why Forrest started. The club went, nearly went out of existence if it wasn't for Cork City fans. And that didn't happen all that long ago as well. And that's still very, very fresh in people's memories. People would like a Cork's Cork fans owned a Cork owned mm. um, Cork City so it's that could be a very very big vote and no matter what happens it's going to be a split because you can see even just from talking to people people are very kind of 50-50 on the matter it's, it's, it's kind of black and white and it'll be very interesting to see what happens there and that's going to be a massive moment in the history of the club as well possibly even bigger um, than City's relegation you've backed Cork City to come back up they they have too big a fan base um, they have great resources I mean like a, a year in the first division they can regroup reorganize come back bounce back and get back in stronger so it remains to be seen what happens on Wednesday night with that sale uh, or with that uh, forest vote I should say about the sale to Grovemore so um I'm kind of at a loss for words you here. Do. You, you sound so heartbroken, to be honest, Rory. And I, I don't want to keep you any longer now because you need to go in and drown your sorrows by the sounds of things, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to. Right? Uh, it's, it's, it's been a hard season to be a Cork City fan. But look, we've been in worse situations before and we'll bounce back, no doubt. Hopefully. Thanks a million for joining us, Rory. And of course, Thanks, Rory is back tomorrow night on the bench at six o'clock. Let's take one last look, a little roundup of this evening's live matches. Of course, the women are in action in the Six Nations. Unfortunately, there is about, I'd say there's about 20 odd minutes on the clock, but Italy have scored a try. There was no. No stopping the visitors with a well-worked line-out and a strong finish from Melissa Batoni, right? That was outside the centre. And uh, Michelle Solari converted that. And in the, in the Premier League, there is 70-odd minutes gone on the clock there at Man United and Chelsea. And there is still no score. Um, I'll be back next Saturday night from 6pm on the Big Red Bench. But Rory will be back tomorrow night. Munster Champion starts tomorrow night. We can't wait. Um, we're going to bring you the action over the next couple of weeks. Limerick and Clare are kicking off tomorrow at 3.45. It's going to be a cracker of a game next weekend it's Water and Cork we will have previews of that during the week I'll be catching up with Kieran Kingston well thank you so much for listening tonight I'll be back next week sorry we went a little bit early there uh, Valerie it's, <laughs> it's all grand. the pressure of uh, you're Cork, grand. Cork City's I was like, potential you're, relegation they're trying to shut me up like the Oscars I'm so eager I'm so eager <laughs> thanks a million see you tomorrow